Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Loveline is meant for an adult audience. Loveline may contain sexually oriented content. Listener discretion is advised. Loveline with Dr. Chris starts. Three, two, one. Now. Happy Thursday, everybody. Hope you guys are getting through the week. I know this is a really powerful and tough time for many individuals. We're all collectively really finally confronting and facing some of the problematic norms and values that our culture has had. We're, you know, importantly and and very clearly analyzing and assessing the prison system, which needs complete abolition the uh, criminal justice system, which unfairly targets black people, people of color, indigenous people, but also sex workers and queer identified people. It's, it's quite a problematic system that's finally getting a little bit more attention. We'll be tracking it and seeing what kind of shifts and changes happen. Um, I hope everyone's taking care of themselves and staying safe. I'm so happy to see all the protesting. That is absolutely how we get things done. It has a rich history of creating much needed change and also bringing a lot of attention, but also community building. It's very empowering. Speaking truth to power will always be important. And um, we shouldn't feel as though we have to be alone or silent in our struggles. And I love that. And I really want to continue to you know, do my work as a person with a lot of privilege to help amplify clarify, educate, and just really support anyone of any kind of minority status, whether it's gender expression, sexual orientation, relational structure, race, ability, neurodiversity, body shape and size. I mean, there's so many isms in our culture. It's it's really quite heartbreaking. And um, when I see black lives being treated as though they don't matter, there's just nothing acceptable in that. Um, all levels of violence intersect and it just keeps all of us trapped. So I'm glad that I'm seeing people step up and also want to just hold space for those that are being let down right now. A lot of individuals are looking at their friends, family members, loved ones, employers at what they're doing or not doing and seeing the callousness or the silence or the overt racism. And a lot of people are really, their world is shrinking. Um, again, they're realizing who's safe, who's not safe and how healthy or unhealthy certain people in their lives are. People are ending relationships, entering new ones, leaving jobs. It's a beautiful, meaningful time. So 
it's, it's the, it's the beauty in that darkness, right? Change is happening. People are listening, but we're going to keep an eye on it. You know, um, hopefully we keep pushing forward. So let's talk about some ways that you can be an activist without going to a protest, because that's something that comes up a lot. Not everyone for multitude reasons. Remember the same expectation cannot be put on everyone. There's some people due to ability or finances or energy levels, a multitude of reasons. Um, mood issues with claustrophobia or social anxiety. Not everyone's able to just get out there and protest or support in the same ways, right? And so self-care is looking at yourself and honestly assessing like what's possible for you. So just know that there's so many different ways you can do this. I mean, the really powerful way is get involved in politics in a deeper way. Run for office. Really get the hell in there and throw rocks from the inside versus from the outside. Really create that change. That is one of the most powerful ways. Get into law. Um, get into prison reform, get into changing the criminal justice system, get into politics on the local level, national level. I mean, that that is a really great way to do it. Other ways, donate money to organizations that are already in existence doing really great work. Um, and that's anything from Black Lives Matters to the ACLU, right? Tons of different Black-run organizations and businesses you can support. Look into that. There's tons of websites and articles being written that will tell you about Black owned businesses. Start supporting them first. Other ways, um, you can reach out to politicians locally and nationally and and and, and make your voice heard in that way, um, calling senators, signing petitions. Also, like we said, getting out there on the ground, but also just starting with yourself, right? Educating yourself, doing reading. Great reading lists are out there. I put some up on my social media. Better ways to learn about our privileges, better ways to learn about being anti-race, um, so educate yourself, and then you can move from the personal to the interpersonal. Start to really call out and examine racism in the people you have relationships with. And then we can go on a larger scale on the more macro. So definitely call out those behaviors. Don't stay silent. I mean, that's one of the insidious ways that it continues to grow and spread is when we say silent, stay silent around the wording or perspectives that the people we engage have. It's not just that joke. It's that joke that actually is allowed to amplify and build. And that's at the core of some of these problematic problematic belief systems and ideals. So do that. Start at home. Your kids are not too young. There are parents of color that have to talk to their children for a very young age about racism. And they're not too young for that. White children are not too young at any age to be told about racism. Introduce your children to gay characters, disabled characters, black characters. Make sure they have friends of all different abilities and races. Really talk about problematic language use and what it means and who it hinders. Um, listen to your friends of color, listen to what they need and what they're saying, hold space for them, amplify their voices. Don't make it about you. Don't make it about how hard this has been on you. Don't make it about them comforting your white tears or white guilt. That is for you to go home and discuss with your white friends, right? Do all those kinds of different things. Um, I'm trying to use my social media to amplify people of color's voices and struggles. I'm trying to provide resources. You know, use your platform, use your voice, use your power, whatever power you have, whatever platform you have, use it. We all have one. Social media gives that to us. And some people are just helping spread the word about protesting violence. Um, all these things matter. So we all get to be a piece of the puzzle of the needed larger level of change. So um, do something. Don't just do nothing. Absolutely do something. All right, we're going to continue talking about Black Lives Mattering, ways we can all be a good ally, unpacking everything that's going on. So stick around for that. Of course, answering all your DMs. So slide into our Loveline IG page with your DMs. Listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on Radio.com. 
Hey, it's Dr. Chris, and this is Loveline. We have an important and great show planned for you. We have Ryan Mitchell joining us from Let's Go There. You know, I want to give a little bit of a call to action to our listeners. I think it's important for those that are listening, uh, especially those with privilege and comfort, to ask yourself, am I actively working to center black lives? Am I doing anything activistic? Is there anything I need to identify, call out, or address? Because we all have work to do. And for those that are feeling a little disempowered or hopeless, you know, really tap into the resources you have. There's so many different ways we can be a part of this movement. We can advocate. We can donate money and time and resources. We can educate. We can also look around organizationally and look at what we're doing, what we're not doing. We can pay attention to where our money is going. Um, There's so many different ways we can participate in ending this. Um, Hold individuals accountable. Because again, the thing that we want to remember is there's such a thing as the transmission of trauma and that these things don't just exist with the generation directly impacted. These are often passive along and moved forward. Um, Violence impacts the person it's happening to, but also those around witnessing. So this is really something that hits many different levels. Um, All right, now we're going to go to Ryan Mitchell, host of Let's Go There on Channel Q. How are you, Ryan? Well, hello, everyone. Hi, Dr. Chris. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking a little rough. It's, you know, I ain't got a haircut yet, but it's okay. We're going to push through. That's what that's what Dr. Push Milo through. was saying. He just got a haircut, and he's like, it was like a life-changing event for many reasons. I'm but, literally yeah. going – I tried to um, – to say, can we push this back? Because I'm going literally after this, but it's okay. <laughs> Anything for you, Dr. Chris. Anything. Oh, I love you. Uh, so let's just jump right in. Right now, what yeah. is it like being a black queer man in our cult- current cultural moment? Wow. I mean, I feel one, that's such a loaded question just because um, there's so, so many emotions that I'm going through. I think it is an emotional roller coaster. I think one is just stress, one is pressure. Um, sadness. Uh, there's just so much where this past weekend I wanted to really kind of just disconnect, but being a Black queer person that works in media, which is another intersection that I'm grateful to have, um, it's difficult to try to stay on top of the news and also disconnect from things that just feels like trauma porn at this point, you know? Yeah. And that's what that's what I was trying to be vigilant about as um, a person, a, a white person is like, what yeah. am I contributing to and what is my responsibility and trying to not further trigger or traumatize anyone, but also trying to kind of amplify and and, and provide yeah. resources. Um, so are, are you focusing on self-care? You're taking care of yourself in the ways that you need? To be honest, I am just now starting to think about that. I think I have been asking a lot of my friends and colleagues in this industry, like, how are you disconnecting a journalist, especially after watching journalists after journalists being attacked? You know, um, that journalist from CNN that was arrested on the scene, it just hits very close to home. And so it's very hard at a time like this. It's very hard at a time like this to really um, figure out how do you practice self-care? I'm, I'm trying to go to therapy. I'm doing some virtual therapy. I feel like this is this as well. Um, but yeah, it's very difficult for me to figure out what even self-care looks like right now, you know? And, and there's something that feels a little almost victim, victim blaming in, in a, such a question because yeah. it's basically saying like you're victimized on the receiving end of all this um, social trauma and uh, cultural trauma. And then it's like, and what are you doing to make sure you're healing around? It when the work is really on people like myself and all of us that are kind of maintaining these systems. 
Yeah, and you know, it feels wonderful. And I, I feel like this is something that I thought about when I was thinking about coming on here, um, having the conversation about hearing from, you know, allies, right? And what that really looks like. And I always say, and this is something that I heard from Ashley Marie Preston, who's an amazing trans rights activist, and she's probably been on your show, yes, Love Line, yes. all the time. Um, but she's always said, you know, we're looking for, we're always looking for allies, but we're looking for accomplices, someone that's really going to be in this fight with us. And there's a balance even with that, you know? I feel like there's so many moments where I'm seeing a lot of my white friends really want to speak up, use their platforms. They really want to amplify this message, right? And I think that's beautiful. But when does it get to the case, and I would love to know your perspective, when does it get to the case of we are up amplifying you know, those white voices more than we are people of color. And I think it's it's interesting because you don't want to tell someone, especially now more than ever, who are people who just get it. You don't want to tell them, hey, slow your roll and, and, and like, you know, relax because you want people to feel this energy. You want people to be on one, like one accord with everyone. But you also want to make sure that you are amplifying the right voices and white People should be really passing the mic, especially right now. Well, I, and I and I think you kind of. I guess my answer would be kind of what you just said. So thank you for sharing yeah. that with us. I mean, that was that was that was uh, that was real. Like I, I think we need to pause and ask ourselves, who is this helping and is this helping? But even bigger than that, I think there is something about looking to role models. I, I just know that mm. there was a protest that was being held near me and it was set up by someone who's not an organizer, someone who's white, someone who wanted to help. But there was a lot of flaws in what they were doing because they weren't asking for help. They weren't looking for direction and they were kind yeah. of centering themselves. And so I think we just have to ask those questions. Well, yeah, and it's like you don't want to be the white knight or the white savior right now. This is not the moment. Yes, we want we are looking for people of color and black people specifically are really looking for people to acknowledge the pain that we have been going, you know, through for decades, for centuries at this point. And specifically for me as well, and, and as people that I'm noticing in the industry who are have who has the, the the platform to really amplify a lot of voices, it's like you have to be able to be at a place to check your ego, to say, guess what? You know what? I don't have to be praised and thanked for my amazing perspective of just being a decent human being. I need to sit back and just understand, like, these are the voices that need to be heard. Because at any point, everyone is going to listen to, you know, the white person that has the amazing perspective. And that's just a great human because there's a sense of white comfortability there. They're, they're comfortable. There's those people that are able to take the message from them versus taking the message from a person of color. And I think that needs to switch because if not everyone is on the same page, if everyone is not uncomfortable, just like black people are uncomfortable and black lives are uncomfortable when they're lost, then what are we doing here? No one should be comfortable at a time like this. I, I love that. And that's, I guess, what I was trying to communicate to other allies or white listeners is like, oh, you're uncomfortable? Yeah. Good. That that maybe means yeah. you're finally waking <laughs> yeah. up to what's happening. It's wrong. very uncomfortable. <laughs> it's beautiful to be uncomfortable, right? You're listening to Loveline. We have a lot more coming up. Stay tuned. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris. Ryan Mitchell joining us from Let's Go There. I was trying to communicate to other allies or white listeners is like, oh, you're uncomfortable? Yeah. Good. That that maybe means yeah. you're finally waking yeah. up to what's There's happening. It's very uncomfortable. With, <laughs> it's beautiful to be uncomfortable, right? I think you you teach you know, taught this, and I think a lot of people need to kind of understand this. Like sitting in the uncomfortableness of it all, especially more than ever. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We are in the middle of race wars that are happening constantly. Um 
we are all uncomfortable, but guess what? Coming out of that and growing, and we should be leaving this space that we're in, coming out better, educated, ready to move forward, ready to amplify voices in where places they really matter. So if you are someone that is watching this that has a privilege of being in the industry, we're in an industry town in LA, Hollywood here, you should be taking this and being like, what can I do moving forward? I don't want things to go to be the same way. You know, I need things to change. And you should be wanting that change just as much as the black people that you're seeing everywhere talk about it at this time. I, I love that because there's literally something everyone can do. And so it yeah. no, one, no one can sit there saying, oh, there's nothing I can do. You can. And I like what we're saying, which is like, if you're not uncomfortable, then maybe you need to push yourself a little more. But also, yeah. I want to highlight what you said, which was, um, you don't get a cookie for being a good person. Like, we just need to expect that. <laughs> that part, honestly, if I throw a fish in the water, I'm not about to throw it at a fifth birthday party just because it swam. I'm not going to do that. So here's the thing. I think we need to be, there's a, there's a fine line of uplifting and saying, wow, thank you for seeing me. Thank you for seeing who I am. But there also needs to be a fine line of being like, okay, still amplify my voice, amplify the black and brown people. And especially during Pride Month, I think now more than ever, LGBTQ people, especially white, you know, gay, lesbian, bisexual, trans people need to be uplifting black and queer voice, black queer voices more than ever at a time like this, you know? Just because you are gay does not mean you are completely marginalized. We have to really talk about that and have these honest conversations, whether or not you're you're comfortable or not. And let's let's go further with that conversation. Let's talk about intersectional intersectionality and intersectional perspective. Talk to us about that, how all these different um, levels actually align, intersect, and what it means to have all these different identities. Yeah, I mean, what it means to have all these different identities is how you really view the world, right? I mean, I know me being a Black queer person that has the platform that I have, I get to do an amazing daily show, Let's Go There with Cheer and Ryan, all the time when we're having these conversations. My co-host is a 30-something-year-old white woman from Canada who is Jewish and way too nice. I'm literally like, whoa. <laughs> um, and so we, our basis of our conversation and our relationship and our friendship started by having these conversations, started by the you know shifting of guess what this is the real world this is what's happening you can no longer go about your day with blinders on there's just no way and especially with pride and i tweeted something at the slate god you know give you a little follow um i tweeted something where i said you know pride started out as a riot pride started out with you know the stonewall riots where uh black trans women and women of color were all starting this saying enough is enough we need to move forward and if you think you can just celebrate pride dancing to carly ray jepson and not understanding you can't celebrate that and not celebrate and uplift the voices of you know black and brown people at a time like this you know this is more than ever where we need to have that that is actually what the bulk of people think pride is is that it's about getting right. drunk and dancing like i think yeah. that that is what they expect and they don't understand what its mission still is supposed to be and what it was built from and that riding got us there yeah and you know i don't think it was ever okay but i don't i most definitely don't think it's okay now especially when you can't ignore what is happening in the world there's no way that you can just continue to scroll on social media being like oh yikes that doesn't affect me there's just no way and and also if you do think you can do that your black or brown friends know you're ignoring them. They see you ignoring them and they see you not acknowledging 
you know, what is happening in the world because it affects all of us. I could have been a George Floyd. I could have been every moment I wake up and my mother who lives in Nashville still calls me and is so worried, mm. worried about every little moment. I mean, I, I have moments more than ever now that I'm remembering those talks when I was 11, maybe even younger than that, where she's discussing to me about the police and how nervous I get if I just see a cop car sitting on the street and no one's in the car. Like that happened to me earlier today when I was walking my dog. I immediately go the other way because you just don't know what can happen as a person of color, as a black man in this world, my skin color is a threat. And I feel like that's how I navigated workspaces. You, I've always was taught that you have to adapt to your environment, whether that means I need to, um, you know, soften how I say things, soft, you know, add humor in things, um, when it shouldn't be that way, because my white counterparts would never have to change who they are if they need to get something done or have something to be said, or, you know, you know, people can fail forward and still be half of what I was told and expected that I had to be to survive in this country. And so there's some real life conversations that I feel need to start in, you know, at young ages with white kids. I mean, this is not something that you can just have right now. This is something that parents need to be teaching their children um, about. And we talked about this on the show today. Like, how do you discuss these conversations? How do you have these conversations with children at a time like this? And it, the answer is you just do it. <laughs> you yeah. just do it. That, that, but that's actually, that is what it is. And that's what I try to tell people. It might not be familiar. It might not be comfortable. Do it anyway. You're allowed to make mistakes, but also take some time and educate. Stop being lazy. I say that yeah. lovingly to some of our listeners. You know, maybe take a, take a day off from the gym or a day off from the spa and get some books. There's a lot of phenomenal books yeah. out there by black writers that have been willing to do do the labor of holding your white hand through it all, and we'll tell you what to do and yeah, break it down. I don't have the energy anymore. That's right. I don't have the energy anymore, and I know a lot of uh, my my black friends and my colleagues and, and 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 the people in this energy. We just don't have the time or the space anymore because. I have been so exhausted with just trying to find ways of one remaining professional getting my job done, because guess what? At the end of the day, black people have been going through this. We still have to push through. I don't have time to cry about this. I don't have time to let myself feel this because I have work that needs to be done. I have to pay bills. I have to continue to come on this platform and make sure I'm bridging the gap to have conversations that everyone can learn from. I don't have time for that, you know? And that's just something that a lot of black people feel. We don't have time to do it because this has been life. This is something that we've always seen. And so for us, it's about getting the ball moving and rolling and, and actually being like, where is the change going to happen? Because I've noticed a lot of my white friends have been reaching out to me, which has been wonderful because they've been checking in and I appreciate that. But the tone of it all sounds like they are pitting me for being black. That's not what I want you to be sad about. I want you to be sad that black people are being treated in the way that they are. Because, honey, I'm glad I'm black. I'm happy that I'm here. I'm happy that I have the platform that I do. But don't pity me just because of my skin tone. Pity me because there's a large group of people who are losing their lives because of their skin tone. And and what's heartbreaking is just when even when the people that are supposed to keep you safe aren't even doing that job. This is Dr. Chris, and you're listening to Loveline. Now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sexy world and we want you to explore with confidence. Here we go. My partner and I haven't been as intimate lately. 
Now that we're in quarantine, we're together 24-7. We actually manage to still get along without fighting, even with all the time spent together, but feels more like our relationship went into a friend zone with all the extra time spent together. Can this be a phase or is our sex life over? Oh man, this is a good one. A lot of people are bringing up all sorts of new stuff. Look, quarantine is a special time, special scenario. We don't wanna take everything that's happening right now seriously as though it's our new normal. Now, it all matters and counts, meaning you can't just be really problematic and toxic for each other and not think that that doesn't have an echo or a residue. It counts, but I want us to hold loosely uh, maybe the state of our relationship and really let things go. What's happening isn't really the best formula for sexuality and arousal. We're spending a lot of time together. We don't necessarily always then seek a further form of union and merger, which is what sex can be. So sometimes we're getting all of our needs met. The time together physically, um, uh, in terms of proximity and all that, sometimes we don't need other layers of that. Like sexuality isn't always just about horniness or interest or attraction. Sometimes it's about intimacy and closeness. And if that's already happening in other ways around you, you're not always feeling driven to connect and go any deeper. Like we're at our level. We're good. I'm seeing enough of you, you know? So don't panic. So no, it means nothing. Our sex lives will always go through different phases. No phase should be seen as this is who we are and how we are. There's, there's more of a baseline, which might be more of a set point or you know what you know more of a baseline but it's going to always up and flow based on cultural events um, family struggles or lack thereof, financial issues, body issues, medication, mood disorders, all sorts of different things are going to impact our levels of interest. So no, do not panic. Nothing, nothing that's happening right now is necessarily promised to push us forward. Maybe you're spending too much time together though. That could also be part of it. Maybe you need time alone, time apart, go for a walk alone, go for a drive alone, go to another room and read, nap, take a bath. Sometimes too much togetherness can work against us. So consider that. That might just be what it is is that we have too much time together. Um, and also just maybe you need to be initiatory. The person asking this might be the person that's used to having sex brought to them. And maybe you need to now step it up and initiate it. If you're missing it, which what might be the implication of the question, go ask for it. Your partner might be like, sure, I'm down. I just never wanted it on my own. Um, and if you don't miss it, well, then there's no problem. So if you miss it, initiate it and ask for it. And if you don't, well, then we're good. Everyone's happy. And if your partner's wanting it, then figure out what maybe you'd be interested in, available and willing to do. But um, yeah, try to initiate sex with your partner. Uh, everyone's down for a little fun and a little pleasure. Just remember, sex is a big umbrella. A lot of different things that it can involve. It doesn't have to mean penetration, right? We could mutually masturbate. Maybe one of you is like, I'll just get you off. Maybe the, maybe you're just willing to watch. Maybe there's certain things you want to do and not others. Maybe you just want to do some oral. All you know, So many different ways to have fun with each other. Maybe we're going to use some toys. Maybe we'll watch porn together. You know, so many different ways and, and, and actions. So just because we're not interested in one thing, like intercourse doesn't mean we then have to do nothing. And it's okay to have sex with a partner that you feel safe and comfortable with if you're not necessarily in the mood. See what you maybe you are open to doing that falls under being sensual or erotic or sexual, you know? So, you know, see, see what's up. So many questions to ask in that one, but definitely don't panic. Definitely don't panic. This is not the new normal. This is where we are now. And again, this is such a special time with the Black Lives Matter movement and the protesting, which is so important and so needed. And we're also at a high rate of unemployment and COVID. I mean, all of those threads do not lend itself to a lot of sexuality and arousal. But for those couples that are highly eroticized right now, yo, do your thing, enjoy it. You know what I mean? No shame in that. But I don't want that to be what other people are feeling like, you know, excuse me, feel like they have to live up to. So anywho, all right, we're going to keep talking about Black Lives Mattering and the importance of all of us doing anti-race work. That's going to be our theme for the rest of the week. So more on that coming up next, listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com. 
Hey, it's Dr. Chris, and this is Loveline. We have Dr. Milo Dodson, licensed psychologist, and we'll be talking about all the different events that are occurring in our culture right now. It's a very powerful time. Um, all that's happening, unfortunately, is happening on the shoulders of some really heinous things that are occurring, but it's a really powerful form and time of revolution right now. And remember, our mental health is powerfully and importantly tied to whether or not we are celebrated and accepted in our culture. Our, our self-esteem, our confidence is an accumulation of what's reflected back to us. And so it's really important that we make sure everyone's mental health is centered. And the way we do that is by not just accepting, which sometimes is rooted in mere tolerance, but actually celebrating and seeing the worth and value in every single life. And that's why we're talking this week exclusively about black lives and how they matter. And that's an important part of this conversation. Now, for those of us that are listening that are white and want to understand how they can be part part of this movement and how they can be, you know, an ally. I want to first call out that there's the personal level of work that we need to do where we need to address our own internalized racism. We're all raised in a really racist culture. And so we want to address it on our own individual level. Then we want to look at the interpersonal level. And that's the people that we have relationships to. Are we calling out those that we are relating around and to and socializing with on their racism? And then larger than that is the macro level, looking at the different organizations, systems and institutions that we are a part of. Looking at who we're hiring, who we're not hiring, who's represented, are we giving people of color and black people positions of power and prominence, or are we just doing some tokenizing work where we're making sure that we have everyone represented, but not really centering their voice or their needs? And that's what we want this show to be about, because again, racism is a mental health issue. It's also a public health issue. Again, our mental health is tied to how safe we feel in culture, but also just out in the world. And we can't move through the world feeling safe and comfortable and thriving in terms of mental health if we're constantly a target. Joining us now is Dr. Milo Dodson. Um, how are you doing right now? Right now I'm doing okay. Um, I actually felt really good to see my barber for the first time in three months earlier this afternoon. Uh, and all jokes aside, sure to get a haircut, but honestly just to be able to connect with another black man in America. Uh, and so that was really uplifting for my spirit today. Okay. Thank you for also for taking time to be with us. I know that this is a really difficult time and just to give us the emotional labor is very appreciated. Absolutely. I'm honored to be able to be of service this way. Thank you. So can we talk about the state of mental health for black America right now? Um, talk to us about that. Yes, that is a conversation. So first and foremost, I want to give some context for people to understand when you're told that all lives matter as a counter to black lives matter, that takes away from the centering of your well-being. That takes away from the centering of your validation as a black person in the racist system that has been America for centuries. Now, when we think further about that, if we're really saying that black skin um, or any you know person of color has some type of uh, criminality to them or they're invalidated, think about the type of negative impact that that has on our mental health. We begin to feel depressed, we can feel anxious, and when we have systems of oppression and structural racism, that actually has just as heinous of a negative impact on our health as any type of physical health ailments that we have. And so when we're trying to survive a pandemic at the same time and the plague that is racism, our mental health has taken a toll 
And Dr. Chris, I'm just really glad to see you um, as a white person in America being able to utilize this space as well as utilizing your privilege to talk about these concerns because a lot of us, myself included, are, are really hurting right now. Yeah, thank you for saying that. And and taking it further right now with what's going on with the people taking to the streets and protesting, is that something that feels healing towards mental health or is that just a lot of triggering? Um, how, how should we be looking at that? What perspective should we take? I think that we should be looking at protesting in, and I'm glad you use that as opposed to some people out there have been saying the rioting and only focusing on the looting. And so when there's not the centered conversation about how we got to this place in the first place, people are only looking at the looting as being problematic and not the racist or the, the structural oppressive system that has been America. So I think when we're looking at the part of the protesting, sure, that can be triggering for people in terms of the violence that could be triggering in terms of some of the um, uh, the riots that way. Um, but again, that's not as much of the center of all this. It's really more so about us expressing that pain um, as a result of the racism that we've endured for centuries. It's 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 powerful because, again, as someone who's white, I, I wasn't raised in a culture that was continually challenging my worth as a human being. And so I can't begin to understand what kind of anger that would generate or hopelessness or helplessness. And so that's kind of what I'm seeing when I'm seeing people taking to the street is just them trying to uh, build community, uh, feel empowered, get some recognition. So to me, it seems very justifiable and understandable. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris. We're going to continue this conversation after the break. We'll be right back. This is Dr. Chris, and you're listening to Loveline. What I'm seeing when I'm seeing people taking to the street. Yeah, and I think, you know, honestly, with social media being what it is, people are using Dr. King's quote saying that the, a riot is the voice of the unheard. And I think there's a lot more context and a lot more depth to that quote. And so everything leading up to that have been really providing some of the historical and socio-political backdrop for understanding protests. So sure, when people don't feel like they've been heard, when people have literally been told you cannot exist in this country, that you don't matter in this country, we're in a lot of pain and that, that anger needs to be expressed. And so it's really infuriating to be told not to heal in a certain type of way, not to be angry in a certain type of way, when people have actually added to the problem that led us to be angry in the first place. Yeah, and, I, and what's really sad to watch happening is uh, some individuals who are black and, and they think that they have these supportive friends or family members or colleagues, and then they have to go on their social media and there's a further injury of seeing how some of their white friends or family members or loved ones are, are kind of relating and responding to this and letting them down. Um, that's got to be another added layer of trauma. Yeah, because you think that the, the assumption really is that you're safe with friends and family. The assumption is that you have these connections and you have these relationships. So sure, people are going to have your back. But people would now, at, unfortunately, almost prioritize their political orientation instead of focusing and centering the, the pain that we're experiencing. And so even myself, I've had family members that I've had to disengage from, to disconnect from, and, and they don't care about the degrees. They don't care about me being a black man in America. It's really just about continuing this pro-Trump narrative 
or this, well, why are you saying black lives matter, all lives matter, so, so why that focus? And so I, I really want to encourage folks who are listening today and, and to watch and that are watching to take into consideration that it's okay to disconnect and to um, kind of go in a separate direction from some of those relationships. You have your biological family and we also have our chosen family and that it's important right now more than ever that we continue to choose people who are also choosing us. Oh, what I love that. Choose people who are choosing you. Yeah. And and also I, I want to say just to our, our white listeners and viewers, you know, don't let the labor rest on the shoulders of black people, and people of color to keep having to battle some of these posts and the family members feel free to step in and maybe kind of call them out and just in the labor. Because again, like racism is created and maintained by white America. And so isn't it on our shoulders to dismantle and challenge it? It absolutely is. Just like sexism is the on the shoulders of men to dismantle and to destroy the patriarchy that way. So we can't continue to try to survive this. We as black people can't continue to be expected to survive this, to show up to work and to, to be professional in all these Zoom meetings that we have and to also just being able to live. So it, it's really helpful not just to have allies, but to have accomplices. And I'm not trying to promote breaking the law, just to be clear. I'm trying to promote the idea that, hey, I'm going to be doing this work hand in hand with you. And being able to have some of these discussions, to be able to shoulder the load so that people of color know, and specifically black people, know that we're not in this by ourselves. Yeah, and thank you for that reminder, just for myself listening, where I, I guess when you just said what you said, like when I hear the word ally, I sometimes think of people very comfortably at home on the couch reposting things. But when I hear the word accomplice, it really reminds me to have some teeth in the game and to really get my hands dirty and to do some of the work. And that's exactly the key difference, because being an ally is almost about convenience. You can opt in and you can opt out. You're not consistently in it. I'm a black person all day, every day. In some spaces, I'm oppressed. In some spaces, I have um, privilege that way. And in some places, I have both. So it's, it's really necessary to be able to connect with people and know that, you know, Milo, Dr. Dodson, is a, an expert in the field or as a professional, but he's also not the bridge to my understanding. He's not the resource, he's an expert with resources. And so again, accomplices being able to walk hand in hand um, is really, really important right now. And going back to you know a mental health perspective, uh, you talked a little bit about, without using this word, kind of self-care. What are you recommending to people, uh, black people that are kind of overwhelmed by what's happening right now? You talked about chosen family, taking some space. What else do you recommend? I really want to highlight the importance, like you said, actually of self-care in itself. It's not just about going to the spa. It's not just about hashtag treat yourself. It's about the mentality of resisting a system that tells you that your worth is dependent on your ability to produce and to be productive and almost perform in a certain way. So self-care is about the idea that I value myself. I love myself in a system that at times and largely doesn't love me back. But you know what, I don't need that external validation. I'm going to look within and I'm going to have that chosen family. I'm going to do things that bring me joy. And so I really want to encourage folks to know that it's okay to have joy in moments when you're also grieving. 
it's okay to feel happy at times when earlier in the day you were so infuriated and you were so angry. We can have a balance of all those different types of emotions because that's what it means to be a human being. And to be honest, that's part of the story. That's part of the, the beauty about being black in America. Oh, I, I love that reminder because I think it can be hard in times like this to feel like you have permission to find joy or to find peace amongst this. Man, thank you, Dr. Chris. I really, really appreciate you. And to all those watching and listening, I uh, just want to send you lots of love, encouragement, and as a reminder that Black Lives Matter. Beautiful. Thank you. Have a great night. You too. Thank you. You're listening to Loveline. We have a lot more coming up. Stay tuned. We're back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Trojan Condoms because it's a big old sex of world, and we want you to explore with confidence. Here we go. My partner and I have been dating for over five years, and we've been talking about marriage. Our relationship is solid, and we have a lot in common with the exception of aligned political viewpoints. Oh, here it comes. We keep the harmony by avoiding deep political talks and basically agree to disagree. Trump's recent actions are pushing me to the edge in anger. I feel like I want to shake my partner and say, wake up. I want to shake your partner as well. It concerns me because I feel as though I'm at the, uh, excuse me, it concerns me because I feel as though I'm beginning to direct my anger at my partner for supporting Trump. It sounds like you are, and it sounds like you should. Is there a way to work this out without bringing it more into our relationship? We're both very passionate. No, you can't. This is no. And it's, and I don't want us to, this is real. You guys, this is other people's lives. Politics are not just some separate thing that doesn't matter. Politics is about our integrity and our character, what we're supporting. I don't believe you can support Trump and his xenophobia, his racism, his homophobia, his classism, and all these different things, and say, mm, but that's not a commentary on that person. The person that Trump support, I'm sorry, the person that uh, supports Trump and thereby directly and indirectly supports racism and homophobia, yeah, that's not important or integral to who they are. How is it not? And I want you to be turned off or affected by that. That, that is a problem. When someone is showing bad character or integrity, we shouldn't then feel safe or comfortable with them. I'm sorry, this is a mental health issue. Politics are involved in everything. You can't separate that out. You can't say, mm, I ignore the fact that my partner um, kicks puppies and, and abuses children. No, that's part of his integrity. You can't say, mm, I'm going to ignore the fact that my husband doesn't believe that all lives matter and is racist. No, no, that, that's a problem because they're lacking empathy. There's some narcissism. They're not willing to look at power dynamics. And that's going to show up in other ways. So I'm not saying you get rid of them, but I'm saying you let them know that this is something we need to unpack. Like we're going to need to read some books on racism and I need to help you understand why that's oppressive and violent and problematic. And hopefully they're willing to go along with that that journey, but no, it's not as simple as I'm just going to agree to disagree because this, we're talking about whether or not someone values life and whether or not someone enforces levels of violence and oppression on others. And, and I want you to know that. And when you talk about marriage, are you talking about children? Because I think it's quite problematic that this person might want to pass along to your children, racist, homophobic, and other problematic views, which clearly he has if he's supporting the current administration and Trump. Have anger, be pissed, I'm pissed. And a lot of us are pissed hearing this. And so, yeah, this is an issue. This is a big deal. These are the kinds of things that are deal breakers. This is absolutely a deal breaker that I don't want to bring into my home this, kinds of, this kind of violence. And I don't want that transmitted to my children. And I don't want to be around that. And unfortunately, a lot of people are being let down right now by others, family members, employers, friends, loved ones, based on what they're doing or not doing in this current moment. But it's honest. It's a Rorschach test. It is showing us people's mental health. And so, yes, this matters. Yes, you should take it seriously. Yes, you should be angry. And you have to see if they're open to being better and growing. And if not, this is not the relationship for you. 
I don't think we just keep ignoring and sweeping it under the rug. That's actually you not being a good ally. So congratulations on your privilege that you might get to say, mm, I can ignore homophobia and racism because I'm white and I'm straight. But everyone else can't. And so being a good ally is you stepping up to your partner and to those forces and saying, not okay. I'm not going to support it. I don't want to be around it. And so, no, you need to do something. Get your head out of the sand and stand up and tell your partner this is unacceptable. Ask them what work they're willing to do to dismantle their racism and homophobia. Because if they're not, then you have to leave because you want to be with someone that's far healthier than that. So that's my answer. Slide in the DMs is brought to you by our friends at Church of Condoms because it's a big old sexy world and I want you to explore the confidence. Listen to Loveline with Dr. Chris on the new channel Q and on radio.com.